Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning Ostaf in the Sefer Ishmilin from Rav Avram Yitzchak HaKohen Kuk's Chesir Before we get started, any learning or any insight or any Bina Yaseira that emerges out of these ideas or that any ideas that a person takes from one of the ideas within this year should be a schus for Klal Yisrael, should be a schus for Am Yisrael, should be a schus for Tzahal, um, for Chayalei Magine Yisrael. Rav Tzvi Yehuda Kuk, used to send Bogrim, he used to send soldiers and graduates of Merkaz Arav into war sometimes when they were called up from Miluyim, he would give them a copy of Reish Milin to take with them into battle. Like we said in the introductory shir, there was a machlokas amongst the interpretations of Rav Kuk's school as to what the value of Sefer Reish Milin was. According to some people, Reish Milin was an incomprehensible Sefer, that Rav Kook wrote in the cloud of Ruach HaKodesh as he sat on a foreign land during exile, very much like Daniel, as he sat on the land beholding the images, which is where we get the title Reish Milin from, that Daniel, as he sat on the banks of exile, prepared to look at all the exiles that the Jewish people were going to experience. The Pasuk says that, Uchsav Reish Milin, out of what he saw in his dream, he began to describe Reish Milin, which is where Cook took this title from, which leads me to believe, at least B'derach Efshar, that Reish Milin for Cook was the vision that he was capable of disclosing only by way of exile. But nevertheless, according to some students, according to some Talmidim, it was an incomprehensible sefer, and therefore it was only a segula. You should read it, you should have it, very similar to other svarim, sefer Raziel HaMalach, for example, that it's a protection, or like we see by the Zohar HaKadosh, by the Svardim, that you read it even without Havana, because the Kriya, the Segula Satora itself, is Meir the Neshama, in spite of the fact that there's no comprehension. Now, Rav Yaakov Moshe Chalap and the Nazir, on the other hand, felt that Reish Milin was a comprehensible Sefer, one that explicated fundamental ideas within the Sheet of Rav Kok. like we said in the introductory shir, it's still a Segula. But the Sefer itself contains the aura of Rav Kook, so to speak. It contains the light of the Machaber. It's the unity between the text and the author. The author becoming the text itself and the text becoming the author itself. Something that we're going to discuss much more in Mir Tashem when we get to the Shirim on the Leshem. But whichever way you look at it, learning Reish Milin should be a Segula for Klal Yisrael, for the soldiers of Klal Yisrael, for the nation of Am Yisrael who's living in Eretz Yisrael, to be protected from all tsar, from all destruction, and that we should be matzliach over our sonim, and that we should be matzliach in every direction that we need to be. Now, the Oztaf is on numerous levels the culmination of Sefer Reish Milin. Now, in spite of the fact that Rav Kook continues and he goes through the Osios Manspach, and he goes through the Tagin of Shatnat's Gates, and he goes through the Nakudos, and he goes through the Ta'amim, the Seder of Aleph to Tuf and Sefer Reish Milin is a comprehensive, as I've tried to show in this, at least according to my own personal reading of it, is a comprehensive explication of the system of Hishtalshlus from the beginning of the Aleph, which was the Bilti Gvul and the Koyacha Gvul, that capacity limitation that comes out of the unlimited for the sake of disclosing godly presence within history and within actuality. And all the way to the Tuf, that represents a full system. Now, the Nakudos and the Tamim, they are often more beautiful than the Osios themselves, and they contain secrets upon secrets and powerful teachings. Nevertheless, 
to discuss the meaning of those words would take more translation than interpretation, and therefore we're going to be stopping with the osios. But nevertheless, Tuf represents the culmination of the process from Aleph through Tuf, the fullness of the Aleph base. And what becomes clearer than ever is the statement that Rav Shlomo Alkabetz, the Talmud of the Ramak, writes in L'Chadodi, which we say every Friday night, every Lel Shabbos, of Sof Masav Machshavatchila, that the end of action, the end of things, is actually rooted in the beginning, in the primordial origin, that the purpose of things is the initial inception of the entire unfolding of things. And what appears to be last in the order of things, in the hierarchical order of past, present, and future, or higher and lower, the lowest is in fact rooted in the loftiest place. And the lowest aspect of the Aleph base comes to edify for us and comes to finally show us how everything that we experience from Aleph all the way to Lamed, and then from Mem all the way to Tuf, and from Aleph to Tuf in particular, is part of the same seder and part of the same disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu within the world, within limitation, within concealment, so that he can be grasped, Kavyachal, so that as human beings, as Balegvul, we have a capacity to understand what Kedusha means, thereby deepening the level of Kedusha in the world. Like we've said so often, the entire purpose of Hashem's revelation in the world, the disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the acts of tzimtzum and concealment for the sake of disclosure, all of that is for the fundamental purpose of disclosing that even within disunity, even within limitation, even within sheker, even within destruction, even within concealment and hiddenness and suffering and anxiety, and all of the different things that we experience in the day-to-day of this worldly experience of olam ha'asiyah, is for the sake of showing that or ein sof kavyachol, that the light of godliness can descend and manifest itself even within the nether regions and the lowest aspects of existence. So that what comes out from discussions of the Aleph to the Tuf is the fact that there is no prat, no detail, no smallness that is devoid of the annihilating light of the infinite. And that if a person simply girds themselves properly and is mechavein their minds properly and is mekashet their machshava properly, that within each and every detail, each and every prat of fallenness and concealment, we have the capacity of disclosing the klal haklalos, the klal haklalim, the greatness of Orient Sof that resides and manifests and animates and actually constitutes and forms all distinction, separation, suffering, darkness, in order to show that the unity of godliness can manifest not only in unity, but in separateness as well. And we're going to see this very clearly with the Ostaf. That by the Ostaf, we finally see how the emergence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu into creation, that the actualization of things, moving from thought into action, moving from thought into language, moving from potential into actuality, moving from unlimitedness into limitation, moving from light into darkness, is only for the purpose of showing that darkness, limitation, concealment, are part and parcel of the light themselves, and that there is nothing separate from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that Enon Milvadok Siv, and that there's nothing other than God, Afilu B'machshachim, even in darkness, even in concealment, and that the Tzimtzum and the contraction that we so often talk about, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's concealment and contraction for the sake of creating the world, 
is in and of itself a form of disclosure, a form of revealing godliness within limitation, something we're going to see in the teachings on the Lashem and Ritz Hashem. Now, there's two aspects of the Ostaf that we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing the Ostaf in and of itself and its status at a, as a letter within the Aleph phase. And we're also going to be discussing the purpose of the Ostaf as the culmination and the summation and the summary, if you will, of the Aleph phase. Now, when it comes to the Ostaf as the closing or the summary of the Aleph phase, here we come upon, and Rav Cook is going to say this explicitly, we come upon the concept that that the Sefer Yetzira, Hamiyuchas Ba'avram Avinu and Rabbi Akiva, describes the fact that in Kedusha, in systems of unity, there's really no distinction between a beginning and an end, which according to our secular thinking or our sullied thinking, there is a distinction and a separateness between the beginning of things and the ends of things and duration that separates the two. In Kedusha, in spite of the time lapse that takes place between a beginning and an end, the beginning has the end in mind, and the end discloses the thought of the beginning. So, na'atz sofam betchilasam, that the end is embedded in the beginning, utchilasam besofam, and the beginning and the end, shows that what we thought was a linear system of separateness and distinction is in fact a circular system, where things connect to one another and every part of the circle is part and parcel of the same unity. So the Ostaf returns back to the Aleph. When we come to the end of the Aleph phase, everything reverts back to the beginning, as we're going to see. Like we said in the first Hakdam Ashir, the Baal Shem Tov tells us that there's really no difference between the 22 letters of the Aleph phase. All there is is the Aleph. All there is is Alufo Shal Olam. All there is is the master of the world. All there is is the koach hapela, the wondrous power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to manifest within the paradox of limitation without losing his unlimited status, Kav Now, the Aleph is mislabesh, it garbs itself in a base, and therefore it becomes more concealed. So the base is simply Aleph squared, engarbed within itself, and therefore a little bit more concealed. And the Gimel is three times Aleph, except it's a little bit more hidden, until Tuf, where the Aleph is so concealed that we can no longer see it. The Aleph is now concealed within the 400, the, the numerical value of the Ostaf, within the 400 men of Esav, within the 400 soldiers of Sitra Achra, within the 400 soldiers of concealment, to the point that we can no longer expose the unity that abides within the Ostaf. And the Ostaf is representative, as the Sefer Yecheskel teaches us, of death, that Tiv Hamavas, the signs of death. Because when we come to the lowest level of the Aleph phase, that's where we find concealment, that's where we find death, that's where we find destruction and the inability to disclose godliness. But on the other hand, the Ostaf also represents Chaim, Tiv HaChaim, the sign of life, like the Sefer Yecheskel tells us. And 400 is not only representative of the men of Esav, but the Zohar Kadosh and its shaykh to the parsha of Chayisara of the 400 shekel that Avram paid to buy Ma'aras HaMachpelah from Ephron HaChiti, that there's something described in the Zohar HaKadosh and in the Idra Abba Kadisha and Dav Kufchav Chesom and Aleph in Parsha's Truma of Arba Meyos Almin de Kisufin of the 400 worlds of yearning and desire that each tzaddik is going to be yoresh, each tzaddik is going to receive l'asid lavo. 
the desire that emanates specifically out of the depth and the distance that a person experiences. Because only in the place of the Arba Meos Ishel Esav, only in the place of the 400 men of Esav of concealment and hiddenness and darkness, can there emerge the deep desire, the kisufim, the teshukot, the yearnings towards holiness. If everything was holy and disclosed and revealed as an aleph that abides within everything, there would be no room for kisufim. If everything remained or in sof, there would be no room for yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for desiring things, for the avodas Hashem that emanates specifically out of the lack that we experience, out of what we're missing, out of the darkness in the world. The emergence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into limitation and into concealment and into what the Arizal describes as malchus de malchus de asiyah, the lowest aspect of this worldliness, all of the dirtiness and, and filth that we find in this world, that's all represented by the Ostaf. But it's only in that Ostaf that we're able to disclose the Arba Meos Olamos Shal Almin de Kisufin, the 400 worlds, the tough Almin de Kisufin of yearning and desire that comes by way of lack specifically. That when a person finds themselves in the Meitzar of concealment, when a person finds themselves hidden away from light, there emerges the desire and the yearning where a person is willing to give everything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Everything for a slight taste of Gilui. And the Aleph to the Tuf is to allow the Or Ein Sof, the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to give space for this yearning, for this human desire that comes specifically by way of lack and Chisarom. And this is what we mean when we talk about Tashra. The Mikubalim and the Meforshim talk about the backwards form of the Aleph base. Once we've gone from Aleph to Tuf, now it's our job to go from Tuf back to Aleph. From Tuf to Shin to Reish to Kuf to Tzadi to Pei to Ayin to Tzadi to Samech, I'm sorry, to Nun, to Mem, to Lamed, to Chaf, to Yud, to Tes, to Ches, to Zion, to Vav, to He, to Dalet, to Gimel, to Beis, to Aleph. That after things have descended from above to below, from Aleph to Beis, from clarity to disclarity, things now hit the bottom and they bounce back up. It's an orchoser, it's a, reverber, a reverberating light that goes from the bottom of things all the way back to the top. And that's the Aleph base in reverse order of Tashrak, where we see how everything that led us to Tuf now allows us to return back to Aleph but it's not simply going to be the same experience of Aleph. It's a further expression of the unity contained within Aleph. Because now Aleph doesn't only contain itself, but it contains the tough as well. And all of the levels of disclosure that we've discussed until now are contained within that Pela Elyon. That Tashrak, the, the Beis Yosef says, and, and, and the Tur says in Hilchos Shabbos by Tfilas Musaf, when we look at the Tfilah of Musaf, Tachanta Shabbos, Ritzitza Korban that tefillah of Shabbos and Musaf is miyusad, is founded on Tashra. Tachan to Shabbos, Ritzitza, Korban we'll see, is tough to Shin, to Resh, to Kuf, to Tzadi, the And the tour writes that we know that Shabbos Musaf, according to the Arizal, is one of the loftiest places in the entire liturgy. It's the yichud of Panim de Panim. It's the face-to-face relationship of disclosure. Aye, but we're working from the bottom up. So the Torah says that Geula, redemption, is totally betashrak. That the future redemption, Mashiach Tzaytan, 
the coming of Mashiach is contingent on the Jewish people identifying themselves in the space of the backwards and the reverse Aleph phase to move from Tuf back to Aleph. Why? Rav Shlomo Fisher Shlita writes in his Sefer Beis Yishai that the reason is that because Aleph represents Kaliyut HaKol, Aleph represents the Or Ein Sof, clarity. As Aleph descends into the Tuf, it represents the descent away from clarity into concealment and doubt. Now, it's one thing to identify HaKadosh Baruch Hu by the Aleph or by the Beis, but then we fall into doubt. And Rafisher says that the ability to go from tough, the darkness of the world, the Arba Meos Ishel Esav, the concealment and the enemies that we confront in the world, to move from the tough to the Aleph, to be able to say that even within the tough there's an Aleph, that is a Giloi, that is a revelation that is Shaykh to Mashiach. That when we daven by Musaf Techan to Shabbos, from tough to Shin to Resh to Kuf, moving from the bottom upwards, what we're saying is that even within the concealment, even within all those things that are hidden, we are capable of disclosing the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Rav Kook's entire purpose in the Sefer Reish Milin was coming to show that when things hit the bottom and they return back to the beginning, it's not simply a return to the same. It's not simply tough and all the levels of concealment and klipa and Sitra Acha returning back to unity. But now unity is endowed with a doubling of itself. Unity is now shown to contain within itself everything, even concealment, even darkness, even death, even the Taveh HaMaves, even all of the Sveikos and the Klipos and the Chasronos that we experience in the world. Those are byways and vehicles through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu discloses himself. Of Es HaShemayim Ves HaAretz, the connection between Shemayim and Aretz. Now that's how we look at Rav Kook's teaching of the Aleph Beis in terms of the end and the culmination of the Aleph Beis. That the Tuf's job is to return back to the beginning of Ratza, of running forward from the Aleph to the Tuf, and Shov from the Tuf to the Aleph. All the time, iterating itself, reiterating itself, until the coming of Mashiach. And with regards to the Oz Tuf in and of itself, the Ostaf in and of itself, on the one hand, represents Misa. On the one hand, it represents destruction and concealment. On the one hand, it represents the 400 levushim and concealing garments that conceal the light of the Aleph. And on the other hand, it is the final expression of things. It is finally when the Seder HaEshtalshulus, from the Bilti Gvul, from the unlimited, all the way down to limitation, finally allows itself to create this world. This world, which is Tachlis Habria, the purpose of creation, which is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu ratza liyos ladir betachtonim, that God, Kav wanted a dwelling place in the nether regions of existence, that's what the Tuf represents. The Tuf represents the signs, the rishimos, the impressions, based on the Pesukim and Yecheskel, that allow us to see that even in the lowest level of existence, we have the capacity to disclose the root of existence. Now, this is something that the Baal Shem Tov taught in the name of the Rishonim. He has a Lashon where he says numerous times that HaTofes Chelek Men HaEtzem, Tofes Hetza Etzem Kulo. Somebody who touches an aspect of wholeness touches the entirety of wholeness. Which means to say that if existence is predicated on unity that abides within all of its parts, there is no part that is devoid of the root of unity. 
And therefore, even when we come to the lowest iteration of unity, the lowest level, the lowest expression where the divinity and godliness is apparent still, there specifically when we touch it, we still are touching the unity. That within the tuf there abides the or of the aleph, the same way that within the aleph there abides the or of the tuf. That the holographic expression of Kedusha is that everything contains within itself all other things. And therefore, when I experience sheker and concealment and falsehood as expressed by the Ostaf, I am also touching the unity that abides within it. To the extent that the shame of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Emes, the chotem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the Aleph to the Mem to the Taf, represents the fact that it is true from the beginning to the middle as well as at the end. That when I touch the beginning, it's clear that everything is holy and supernal. When I touch the middle, I still have sight of the beginning. But the teaching of the tough comes to tell me that even when I no longer have sight of the beginning, even when I no longer believe, Kavyachal, that the light of a Kaddish Baruch is here, even when I doubt it, even when I'm kofar in it, as Rav Kook taught us so often, that within Kvira there abides the light of the Aleph. Nobody on this level has gone as far as Rav Kook's That even in the Ostaf, in the Sheker of the lowest levels of existence, if you touch it properly, if you engage it properly, you experience the MS that emanates from within it. That falsehood itself becomes a manifestation of truth. That death itself becomes a manifestation of life to the extent that there is nothing, nothing, capital N and lowercase, and nothing outside of the realm of unity. There is no destruction so dark, there is no concealment so heavy that a person cannot disclose the alufa shal olam, that a person cannot disclose the light of the aleph that abides, animates, and constitutes it. Now with those who haktamos, with our understanding of what the purpose of the entirety of the Aleph base is, to show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can not only manifest himself of unity, but also manifest himself in the opposite of unity, we are going to begin learning the words of Rav Kook. Rav Kook says as follows, HaRishom HaChitzoni, the external impression, and again, based on the Pesukim in Paraktes of Yecheskel, Tav and Tav represents, or a Tiv represents an impression where things finally are bolate, where things accentuate themselves, where it's no longer just an internal process, but it's now apparent externally as well that there was something that was moving towards expression. The tough itself emanates and derives from the internal form, from the aleph, from that which animates the aleph base. Min ha hamugvala from the limited essence. Now here Rav Kook is referring to the Os Aleph as the limited essence. Now again, because the Os Aleph we saw was not the built Vul, was not the infinite, because we never talk about the infinite, we never talk about Etzem, but the Aleph was the Koyach HaGvul Vul. It was the first instantiation wherein we could speak about godliness in terms of positive assertions instead of negative assertions, of saying what it is not. The Aleph represents the instantiation point wherein the infinite allows itself to become finite, where the unlimited allows itself to limit itself so that it can be disclosed. So Rav Kook says that the Rishom HaChitzoni, the external impression of the Ostaf, 
draws its strength from where? From the tzura hapanimis min ha From the interior form, which is the limited essence of the os aleph. Hamekabeles es or chayeha amdasa vehaviasa min hamehusa rechava hachavshit hamaromema berom adiliyoseha. Now, Rav Kook here is expressing an idea that about the Os Aleph, which he didn't fully express by the Os Aleph itself, that the Os Aleph is the limited form of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, a relative infinity, a lower level of infinity of Or Ein Sof, which is still a Giloy, because we're never actually talking about Atzmiut. This is fundamental to Rav Kook. The inappropriate, childish conception of divinity, of monotheism taken in the wrong way, and Rav Yosef Avivi did a very good job in showing this in his Sefer Kabbalah Sa'araya, especially in Chelek Aleph, the inappropriate and childish vision is that we have a grasp of Atzmius, that we can grasp the essence of God, God forbid. But Judaism came, as we said, in Os Gimel and Os Dalid to fight against the Hegelian concept in a certain sense, to show that Judaism, one of the unique aspects of Jewish thought is that we don't have access to the ineffable. We can't grasp the essence. We believe deeply that the essence animates, every, animates everything, but nevertheless, we don't feel that we can name it. We're not allowed to name it. We're not allowed to try and claim that we have any grasp of it. But here, of Kok is saying that the Os Aleph, which is the Mohusa Magvala, the limited form, the limited essence, receives its light, its standing, and its existence from the essence that is unlimited and free in its elevation, in the heights of its idealism. And Rav Kook continues, he says, Hadarga hayotem uchra, the lowest level, the ostaf, hanismechet al klolus kol kochos, that is supported upon all of the strengths and powers, hanosim v'hatsirim hamitgalim, that supports itself upon all of the letters that we've discussed, the bays all the way to the shin, from the aleph all the way to the tuf. The ostaf is rooted upon all of these. Without the aleph to the shin, you cannot have a tuf. The tough is the full manifestation on a certain level of the Aleph base itself. He osa es hativ es harishum hachitzoni. The os tough comes to make the impression, comes to mark a sign in order to show how things can emerge and accentuate themselves externally in the world of Asiya, in the world of existence, and in the world of individualized particularization. That at times, like we said, there's a duplicity inherent. So at times the Ostaf discloses itself in all of its strength and all of its protection. Existence itself, we've seen in the process of history, at times it manifests itself fully, and at other times it's simply the expression of things. Sometimes it's apparent that there's goodness in the world, and sometimes it's impossible to believe that there's goodness in the world. Lepa'amim Rav Kook says, Dagu Sometimes we have a fully expressed tough that is full, which is a tuh. And other times it's weakened and lacking. The os tough in its dagesh and its, in its dagesh and its rapa, in its strong expression and its soft expression, represents the duality of existence as it expresses itself in materialization to the extent that sometimes we see godliness in the world and sometimes we don't. 
the full manifestation of godliness in the world ensures that there is this duplicitous path in front of a person, that there are two ways of looking at things and it's not clear. And therefore we have the, the necessity of being bocher. Hatov b'mitzado ha'achron osehu eskol harishamim kulam. The ostaf at its last step ensures and actualizes all impressions, all of existence, all materialization, all sensual experience in sight, sound, hearing, smell, and touch, all of that comes by way of the Ostaf, which again the Arizal describes as the Malchus, the Malchus de Asiya, the full expression of this worldliness with all of its historical, political, spiritual, personal, psychological, physical expressions. Eneno Mechaser Davar. It is not lacking anything. The Ostaf represents that divinity and godliness does not lack the ability to manifest in anything. Hashem does not need the necessary requirements of space or laws to disclose himself. He can disclose himself on the lowest of the low by the Ostaf the same way that he can disclose himself in the heights of the heights. Like we said, based on the Medrash, that that the same way that the praise and the glory and the disclosure of godliness emanates from Gan Eden, from the Garden of Eden, so too the praise and the expression of godliness emerges from hell that there is no distinction between above and below, or right and left, or good and evil, when you're talking about the essential koach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. The Ostaf congeals itself, it becomes thicker at the end. It continues and it bends, like we see in the left leg, Be'ekev Smolo. Why? Why does the image of the Ostaf contain within itself a descent and an emergence away from itself by the left leg? Rav Kook says as follows, he says, So too is the expression of life and desire and will. As they descend away from the glory of their strength, they move and they descend and they become deeper and they become entrenched within concealment. When things leave, when things leave unity, when things leave the realm of unity, they begin to emerge into the realms of duplicity and disunity. That's just the nature of the world and the nature of spirituality. Rav Kook says as follows, so Fakol, the purpose of all of this is so that the tough and everything that descended away from the Aleph and all of the distortion and the concealment that we experience, all of that is for the purpose of being Choser Lamarum, of returning back above to the Yosher HaKoshet Vahaor, to the fundamental simplicity and the truth of light of the Os Aleph, that the entire purpose of the descent away from the Aleph down to the Os Taf was for the further disclosure of the Yosher HaKoshet V'Ha'or, HaKadosh V'Hatov, 
holiness and goodliness and goodness. Lihiot mevalet etachotem hanitzchi esaemes chot moshal akadosh baruchu. In order to accentuate the expression of akadosh baruchu, which is the mark and the stamp of truth. Had it not been for the Aleph base, had it not been for the disclosure of the Aleph to the Tuf, of the degradation of levels away from unity towards disunity, away from singularity into multiplicity, there would have been no capacity for us to experience light and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is only through the concealment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows his essence to go through Kavyachol or his expression to go through Kavyachol, that we are now capable of having some sort of relationship with godliness. Only by way of concealment, only by way of contraction, are we capable of touching or. Only through darkness are we capable of having any sense that there is a God in the world. The kan ba'aha vaya Here existence comes to its final purpose. Ha-mifali ha-yitzirati. Its active and expressive purpose, which is what? L'cholel olame olamim. To generate worlds upon worlds. For of Cook, worlds do not mean ontological spaces, but they mean experiences. Each moment is a world. Each rega that a person finds themselves in this worldliness, all of our doubts, all of our certainty, all of our hope and all of our dread, all of our joy and all of our sadness, all of our anxiety and all of our faith, all of our nachas and all of our despair, all of that comes by way of the ostaf, comes by way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu choosing to disclose themselves within the world. Descending without limit. There is no limit to the levels that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can disclose himself. There is no situation, as Rabbi Nachman has taught us so often, and it would have been impossible to learn the Sefer Rishmimim without Rabbi Nachman. There is no level where a person can claim that God is not present here. There is no darkness so dark that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can't be found there. There is no suffering so deep that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can't be found here. Jewish history and Jewish experience is a proof to that. All of it is for the sake of disclosing the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to further levels. Now here Rav Kook is going to be discussing the shape of the Taf. Now according to the Sefer Timuna and a number of Rishonim, the Oz Taf itself is a large Dalid and then an inverted Dalid on the bottom. Now for Rav Kook here, the association is very clear. The Oz Dalid, as we saw, and if a person wants to fully understand the Oz Dalid, then we have to look back to the Shir on Oz Dalid. But Ostalad represents Malchus in its purity. Malchus is the full expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in this world. That apparent concealment, that apparent place of dalus, of impoverishment and concealment, which allows for us to have some sort of relationship. All we have access to is the Malchus Da'atzilus. All we have access to is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's disclosure in the world through the impoverishment of the Shrinah. And here Rav Kook is saying the Tuf is simply a doubling, a, a reiteration of the Ostalad to the extent that the first Dalad, which was Malchus, now contains within itself even a smaller Dalad, which is concealment within concealment. Or like Rabbi Nachman teaches us, a hastir betoicha aster, a hastir aster as panai, a concealment within a concealment. And Rav Kook continues and he says, Hadalit shehetchila eshahagvala mereshetz hadstairus, the Dalid, which was the first instantiation of limitation, 
if we remember by the Aleph, the Bays, and the Gimel, we did not have any geographic or geometric limitation, only by the Dalid, which was the Dalus and the impoverishment of the Shina, do we actually come upon some sort of limitation in Hitzdairut? The Dalid or Malchus, the expression of godliness within the world, has now arrived at the limit, at the Gvul, at the Tchum, at the border of its expression and its disclosure. The and this is fully expressed in the Ostaf, which is a Dalid within a Dalid. Katan betoch gadol, a small Dalid within a large Dalid, or katness within godless, or limitation within greatness. Rashum mugva b'soich rashum iguvuli. V'chol ha'hon ha'atzum shel ha'osher ha'kolchos v'achayim. All the great myriads of strengths and expressions of life all individuality, all particularity, all concealment, all suffering, all joy, every experience, in its smallness and in its richness, now everything is going to elevate from the bottom back to the top to show that everything is part and parcel of the same unity, of of the elevated unity, which is the purpose, the tachlis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's giloy in the world. That returns back to its source. Because from the Aleph to the Taf is what the Arizal and the Mikubalim would describe as the Or Yashar, a light that Rabbi Nachman describes as Holech Keseder, when things go according to their proper order, from Aleph to Beis to Gimel to Dalit the But there's a counteracting source, which is an Orchoser, a returning light, which moves backwards from the Tuf to the Shin to the Reish to the Kuf to the Tzadi, from the bottom back up to the top, from the impoverishment and the destitution of existence back up to the glory and the unity of existence. Both the Or Yashar and the Orchoser the light that descends from above to below in its clarity, and the light that ascends from below to above in its doubtful nature, both of those kochas are fundamental to the religious experience, to the spiritual experience, and to God's revelation within the world. This is what we mean when we say ahava and yira. Ahava descends from on high to below. Fear ascends from below to on high. This is what we mean when we say ratza v'shov. Running and returning. Running is from the top to the bottom. Returning is from the bottom to the top. This is what we mean when we say chasadim and gvuros. Chasadim emerge in a loving kindness type of way, flowing from the top to the bottom like water. And gvurot, or ash or fire, ascends from the bottom to the top. Both are fundamental to the unity that because of its fundamental unicity that is incomprehensible to human beings, can only be disclosed by way of duplicity. The truth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can only be disclosed by way of the falsehood of this world. Like we see, Hishlich Emes Artza, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to throw truth down into this world because truth can only be born again out of Sheker. Rav Kook continues and he says, HaChoseret Limeromama, that returns back to its source, HaMushkafa Memekor Kol HaTov, all of existence, its ups and its downs, this duplicity, this dialectic which allows existence to emerge in its fullness of concealment and disclosure of good and bad and bad for the sake of deepening good, 
all of that is supervised there's never a moment in history for Rav Kook or the Leshem or the Tzadikim that is outside of the realm of a Kaddush Baruch Hu. No matter how far history has fallen away from its ideal state, there is no degraded level that can be said to be outside of the realm of unity. Nothing. There is nothing that will not be shown to be part and parcel of the unity of a Kaddush Baruch Hu. And the Rashum, the Rashum, the trace, the impression, will return back to its source of unity of unity in the Aleph. In the strength of its expression. In its return back to the source of its development. When the tougher returns back to the Aleph, Lamantuchal od Larutz Orcha, so that when the tough and the lowest level of things return back to the beginning, it will simply be disclosed once again in a renewed iteration of Biltigvul, of unlimitation, descending into limitation, so that limitation can be shown to be part and parcel of, limita- of the unlimited, thereby disclosing a deeper level of unity. And this happens in every moment of our lives, in every choice that we make, in every rega that we experience. Every moment, every present moment that a person has is another opportunity to show how disunity is rooted in unity, thereby disclosing and, and earning a deeper level of unity. To multiply the traces of life the impressions that appear to be devoid of life, and to return them back to the source of life, to show that life contains within itself everything, not only life, but even death, all the myriad deaths that a person lives throughout their lives. Even the signs of death that were written on the foreheads of the individuals in Yerushalayim, like the prophet Yechezkel tells us, that even they have a source in life, because the tough is rooted in the Aleph, and here of Cook is basing himself on Divrayamim and Bayes, in Divrayamim Bayes, in Parakyud Bayes, that Melech Mitzrayim came and took the golden shields of Shlomo HaMelech, and he stole them. And the Melech of Yisrael, instead of giving up hope, he created bronze shields. Now there's a degradation from gold to bronze. Moving away from gold, moving away from the Aleph of unity, and descending into the multiplicity of nechoshes, of bronzeness, of smallness, is a descent away from unity. But the Pasuk there says as well that v'shavu l'tei haratzim, tei is spelled out tough Aleph, that they return back to the chamber of the runners. And if Cook sees this os, this word of tei, of tough to Aleph, as representative of the process of the lower expression and being rooted in the loftiest expression of godliness. And he says that the descent away from the gold of Shlomo HaMelech into the shields of Nechoshes, into the bronze shields, which represents degradation, Yishom El Teharatzim, they will be returned back to the to the area to the chambers of the Ratzim, which is represented in the tough back to the Aleph, because the descent from gold to bronze allows us to move back from bronze to gold. 
that the descent from unity into multiplicity allows us to move from multiplicity back to unity, thereby disclosing how great unity is, that it can even show that multiplicity itself is part of unity, that the Balshuva itself is part of the Tzaddik, that Ra itself is part of Tov. From the Pasuk in Yechaskar, Rav Kook is making it clear as day for us. The entire process of the Aleph base has been coming to show us the necessity of Ratz of Ashov, of, of forwards from the top to the bottom, and then Shov from the bottom to the top. Not simply to return back to that which was, but to return back beyond the beginning, to show that now we can express the beginning and unity even greater than it was expressed prior to it. Yiras Hashem Makor Chaim, the fear of God is the source of life. Es Hashem God, you should fear. L'Rabos Here Rav Kook does, in my opinion, the most beautiful Chiddush of the entire Sefer. Rav Kook ends the Sefer with saying, Es Hashem He's speaking about the Gemara in Psachim Daf Chaf Aleph which says that Shimon Hamusi was Dorish Kol HaEssin B'Torah. Es, again, is the appellation of Aleph Tetaf. And when he came to Es Hashem when he came to God you should fear, the Lord your God you should fear, he couldn't interpret it, and he gave up everything. And his Talmidim said to him, you're going to give up on everything? He says, Keshem Shekabati Schar Ala Drisha. The same way that I received merit for trying to discern the value of each S so too I'll receive merit for relinquishing my sense of control, realizing that I know nothing. Until Rabbi Akiva came, and specifically Rabbi Akiva, like we said in the Os Aleph, who was Dorish, Tile Tilen Shel Halachos, Bekitre Osios, who understood the secret of the Osios, who understood the necessity of descending into darkness in order to disclose Hashem Echad, that the unity that comes by way of suffering is a deeper level of unity that the unity that comes by way of concealment is a deeper expression of unity. Only Rabbi Akiva was able to say, that when the Pasuk says that you should fear the Lord your God, it means you should also fear Tamidei Chachamim. Now in order to understand what Rav Kook is trying to do here, we have to look at the Gemara and Ksuba stuff, Kuf Yud Aleph, Amun Aleph, where Chazal asks a penetrating question. They say, we have a necessity, L'davik Ba'kadosh Baruch to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to touch the essence, to touch the unlimited. But Chazal asked a very fundamental question, which is at the root of Jewish theology. Halo HaKadosh Baruch Hu Eish Ochlo? How can you touch the essence? Are we not going to be annihilated? Are we not going to be losing our particular existence if we disclose the full unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? If we undo the symptom, there will be no more gvul, there will be no more time, no more space within which we can anoint HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If the Yichud Ilah was disclosed, there would be no room for the Yichud Tata. How can we be medavik HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How could we unify ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Halo HaKadosh Baruch Hu Eish Ochlo. Will everything revert back to the beginning? If we touch the Etzem, if we see the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and its purity, won't everything revert back to nothingness with a capital N? So Chazal tell us, Elama, Ledavik Chachamim, be Medavik yourself to Tamidich Chachamim. The move of Chazal here is simple and profound at the same moment. We don't have access to the essence. We don't have access to the Aleph. The only access we have to the roots of things, to the origins of things, is by way of Simsum, is by way of translation, 
is by way of concealment. But that does not mean that we can no longer access the essence. It simply means that we will have to access the essence in those things that appear secondary in the world. If you want to be medavik yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to unity, experience the Kedush of Tamidi Chachamim, people, limitation, concealment. You want to know how to fear God? You want to know how the word of S can be contained within the drashos? Es Hashem Elokech That even within Gvul, even within limitation, we still have access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The equation, so to speak, or the identification of being able to fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the fear of Tamidei Chachamim, or being able to be Medavik to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the, being Medavik to Tamidei Chachamim, is the same teaching as being able to disclose the unity of things by connecting yourself to the unity that abides within disunity. That the light of the Aleph is found specifically in the Tuf. That the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found specifically within people of the world, within those who teach Torah within the limitation and the laws and the measurements, specifically in the concealment of Tamini Chachamim, specifically in that which appears to be secondary to unity, that's where we disclose unity in a greater way. We show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot only, only be disclosed in unity, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu can also be found and specifically found in a deeper level in the Dira HaTachtonim, in the Tuf, in the 400 men of Esav so that we not only experience the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his full revelation, Kavyachol, but that we also benefit from the desire in the Arameos Olamos de Kesufim, the 400 worlds of desire and yearning that are only possible by way of concealment. And Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to see in the next few weeks as we begin the next series of Shiram on the Leshem Shavu Chalomas Chosiyaganaleinu, that these yesodos that we found in Sefer Reish Milin, and as I've been claiming from the beginning, that Rav Kook was deeply influenced by the Leshem, his Rebbe, or his Chavrusa at least, and his Chaver and his good friend, that the Leshem emphasizes so deeply, more than any Makubal prior to him, in my opinion, the value of negativity, the value of concealment, the value of darkness in religious observance. And Bezras Hashem, we're going to continue to show this thread of the purpose of creation being the expression of limitation itself so that unity can be deepened and exposed on a deeper level.